live welcome back to a new year a new season of live lunch um <laughs> ever since we moved to live brunch that's somehow in my head become the instinct and I, uh, you almost did it there as well live it, brunch live so is is live lunch it's welcome live lunch. we, we lunch. Uh, i think a season 11 uh and thank you for joining us if you have obviously this will go on a podcast and on a, on a youtube channel um and we have begun a new preaching series we are in the book of james um and the series is called resilient i think did you tell us why we call it resilient well because you, you came up with it and we couldn't say no to you that's why um resilient i think it summarizes um a lot of what uh, james is trying to do with the people he's speaking to in terms of once god's strengthening uh, to be active in their lives and i think it's it felt like a really appropriate time to look at the book of james because it has that theme with many people uh, in this season you know perhaps feeling their weakness or thinking how can i get through these challenges not have to face before that sort of thing it can be easy to be maybe a bit discouraged a bit downhearted um and the gospel lifts us to what god has done and is doing in our lives and one of the ways we access that is following jesus and and learning to lean on him through the the ups and downs of life and so that's yeah i think looking at trials is not we talked about this last uh, when you opened the preaching series a couple of weeks ago that not looking at trials is something which is weighs you down and brings you know is discouraging well actually when, when james starts to let us in consider pure joy my brothers when you face trials of every kind to see trials as something that helps shape us they make us stronger they make us more resilient towards all the things that are going on around us so yeah so there we go great well, we got some guests great we, some. we have two guests with us we've got the wonderful toby ford western who uh, preached last week yes. uh, and he'll do a summary and we also have a very special Christine Lydiard who is the fountain of all knowledge and wisdom wow. sometimes <laughs> sometimes let's start there then Christine you're, you're involved in, in a group that's that, like studying James at the yeah. same time as we're going through this series you know many people in the church are involved in that and, and learning from that We've kind of missed, we're a few weeks late, I suppose, in terms of st starting live lunch with this series. We're a few weeks in. Maybe give us uh, your kind of recap in this first chapter. What's James about? What's he getting at? What's he trying to do? Give us some context to it. Well, first of all, he's writing to people who've been dispersed because of persecution back in Jerusalem. So they've all got spread out away from the, uh, all their normal resources. So in the book, he's really uh, talking about well, how do I live out a life of godliness in the everyday practically? It's a very practical book. So he's saying, what does real faith look like in the small decisions that I make, mm -hmm. the way I talk to people, yeah. the way I respond to temptation, the way I respond to trials? What do I do about the Word of God? Am I obedient to the Word of God? And... Um, the book actually has at least 54 direct calls to obedience. Right. So you've got this theme of obedience in there, um, which is kind of interwoven with these other things. So if you live those things out and you're doing what God says, then that will make you resilient as yeah. a Christian. Yeah. Because this is what real faith looks like, what Jesus intends for us, how he intends for us to live. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to dive straight in on that one because I think when we when we hear that it's almost like 
you know, talking so much about obedience yeah. as New Testament, grace-filled, gospel-loving people. It's almost like when you, even when you just said that, it was kind of like, oh, like we, there's something in me. I don't know other people as well might associate when you think of obedience, you think of legalism, you think of like, now we're free from that sense of obligation yeah. and that sort of thing. How do how do we get over that? <laughs> Did you feel that? <laughs> I think I think it's a good question. It's an important question. I think it's important to understand that uh, yes, the Old Testament um, contains uh, many commands, but the New Testament also contains many commands, as you just said. And I think that the way to understand them is um, the New Testament is is telling us. I mean, even in the Book of James, it talks about it being a mirror, that the Word of God, and the New Testament is telling us who we are who we want to be mm. and so when it's commanding if just to take the first one that comes to my mind uh, I believe it's Ephesians be filled with the Holy Spirit that's a command and if you're a Christian if you're believing in Jesus in Jesus you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit yeah and every single command in the New Testament it is telling you better who you are um, so it's not coming from a place of um, uh, you know you just have to obey in cold blood it's coming from a place of you are a believer or if you're a believer this is how you actually want to live mm. and it's showing you the mirror so in one sense <laughs> the word of God is a mirror and, and uh, taking the, the verbiage of James here and, and showing you kind of you see the imperfections in yourself you're like oh gosh this isn't very good but in another sense it's showing you who Jesus is and then showing yeah. you who you are um, so I think when we see the commands we, we mustn't think kind of illegalism we must think actually no this at, at heart is who I want to be and, and mm -hmm. God has made me to be. Yeah, Yeah, I think um, uh, James is, is talking to people who are Christians who've already experienced the grace of God and know what it is. Yeah. And uh, in a sense for us, he hasn't joined up the dots and said, right. because you know grace, let that law of liberty have its outworking in obedience. And that's mm. what he talks about, doesn't he? It's yeah. like grace outworking you, its natural fruit will be obedience. Okay, okay, that's great. Well, that's right. Tobes, give us give us a bit of summary of, of Sunday's message where we got up to we're up to sort of I suppose the end of chapter one, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So we, we finished uh, chapter one uh, on Sunday, third message in the series. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's a in, in a sense it was a very simple message. Uh, it was uh, one point. One point really. Be be uh, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Uh, and um, I just basically <laughs> for thirty minutes said that in different ways, <laughs> essentially. Uh, I think a key thing, a, an important thing um, in the message was uh, to for us to be really real and understand that we're not as doing as we think we might be. Just mm -hmm. taking some quotes from previous messages in the last three months, so not long ago, and seeing if you know if we followed through. Perhaps some people follow through in every circumstance. I know that I hadn't. And so I think it's the, the default for so many of us, particularly for Christians, is to think, well, of course, I'm a, I'm a doer of the word. I come to church every Sunday. I may even go to a small group. And when re re in reality, <laughs> we, we may not be, as, as I say, doing as we, we think we are. And actually, actually, what the Bible says is uh, people that are um, uh, hearing and not doing, um, you know, ultimately speaking about non-Christians, that they're, they're 
in a sense, they're increasing their guilt, in a sense, their condemnation, in a sense, um, because they're hearing and not doing it. And so Jesus speaks about cities where he, he, he did amazing things um, and they're not repenting, uh, didn't do the word of God, and he mm. talks about their condemnation being worse than, say, Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and so actually, so there, there, are, there are real high stakes. It's not so much saying that one can lose their salvation at all. What we're talking about is the response of a, mm. a godly person is to say, do you know what, I want to do the word of God and uh, the uh, blessing uh, that is uh, found in it. So rather than the cursing that we talked about, actually there is a, a real blessing for following through and, 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 and doing what God has said, really. So in, in, a nutshell, in a nutshell, that's what I was trying to say. And that really links with Psalm 1, doesn't it? Blessed is mm. the man who meditates day and night on the law of God mm. and then you see this fruitful life that comes mm. out of his knowledge and, and acting out of the word of God. Mm. Two things that you said in the sermon just stood out to me. I think the first one is a story that you shared. The one point sermon. Yeah, but he he said he made one point, but he said lots of things. and uh, th- there's a story you shared about when you were in, in Tottenham uh, and the way you landed that story with the, the church planter saying or the guy who, le- who led the church which you were looking at joining said Toby the, if you want to live a peaceful blessed life it's to hear the word of God and to do it mm-hmm. and, and that's right it, being obedient to God might seem difficult might seem uh, upsetting even in the moment might seem like uh, I'm having to put the other person ahead of me in this situation but God's promise is when you're obedient it will lead to a peaceful life uh, and it will lead to just even joy and I think there is just this trusting in, in God's promise of why we are obedient it's not it's not just I mean of course you, you can be obedient for the sake of being obedient but I think there's also no because God is a good God and he intends good for you and, and he in, intends peace for you the peace which transcends all understanding guard your heart in Christ Jesus that was a brilliant story and then the second go on. Uh, and that's really why James is so so strong mm. in, in in what he, he says. I mean, he's, he talks, he uses words like um, deceiving yourself, mm. you know, he's, he's, he's going hard. But the reason he is going so strong is not because he's a hard man or he's just a miserable guy, but it, it's, it's something of the force of how much God wants us to be blessed. He, he wants, he's saying, come on, don't deceive yourself, why? Because, I mean, in the doing, you will be blessed. It's not like a might be, it's a very concrete, one will be blessed. And it's like, ah, and it changes your perspective on God and, and, and the book of James, really, when you understand he's, he's really going hard so that you can be, you know, receive God's rich, uh, bountiful blessing. Superb. And then the other thing was the whole, when you, when you talked about Jesus being slow to anger and somebody who listens and who, who hears, I felt like you, you portrayed the humanity of Jesus, well, the humanity, you, you made Jesus seem so accessible and not like this. I guess this concept of God concept that exists out there, you kind of grounded him in experiences that as human beings we can relate with, somebody who's slow to anger and somebody who listens. Mm. But then it's, it is an extraordinary thought that one day we will stand before this God man in heaven. And I was just really enjoying that bit of the sermon. It's like, Jesus, you are, you do sound like such an, <laughs> yeah, he obviously does. You, you are such a wonderful, wonderful being, slow to anger. It's such a beautiful trait. You know, I know that from experience. 
because um, I'm not slow to anger, I, and I get frustrated that I get upset with stuff. But but Jesus is slow to anger, and and I know you get angry, you get angry. Yeah, yeah, I get angry with my anger, and I get more angry and more frustrated. But one day we will be before Him in heaven, and and ah, oh, just I'll really enjoy that bit where you talked about Jesus. You know what? We're going to stand before Jesus one day. We're going to stand before this man who is slow to anger in heaven. In in and it's going to be wonderful. And I, I'll just, um, thank you. Just thank you for portraying Jesus in such a beautiful way because it just, it makes the call to obey him easier. It's like, yeah, because he's good and he's kind and he's slow to anger. So well done. It's a way that we show who Jesus is to others when we're slow to anger, isn't it? And I think that's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> Where are you, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Grace. <laughs> But um, that, you know, that's why the obedience is important, isn't it? Because we do yeah. all we do to glorify Jesus. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Let's launch into some uh, questions as well mm-hmm. um, that have sort of come up from this. I think there's two, I guess two things. That One thing is like, well, yeah, there is that thing of sometimes we know what the word of God says and we just don't do it for whatever reason, mainly because we're sinful um, and prone to that. But then also, you know, Scripture is difficult to understand sometimes. Mm. And like what God is saying to us, in a, like how we should be obedient to Scripture in a moment, in a situation that we're in. You know, someone could say, well, it's not that straightforward, though. You're telling me, just go and do, just do the Word, do the Word. But it's like, but it's not that. Like, how do you help someone like that? Yeah, I, I'd say that um, you're right. Um, and I think that that's why... And the person of the Holy Spirit is absolutely key and critical in all of this. Um, if I had sort of like more time, I would have spent sort of an extra five minutes just talking about how the Holy Spirit mm. is so important. Um, because you know, you, the if you're if you're a believer, you you would have I'm sure have, have had the experience of when you're reading the Bible and something just pops out to you, just stands out to you, your heart starts to beat a bit faster, your palms get a bit more sweaty, for, for example, and you think, oh gosh, that's for me, or oh gosh, I don't do that, oh gosh, I do do that. And, and that very much is the Holy Spirit working in you. And so it's not everything that we'll read, you know, that is like, you know, something, gosh, I was going to talk about songs. Um, you know, it's not something that you just, you just read and think, I need to do every single thing in there. Actually, yeah. The Holy Spirit will highlight the things that God's saying, and then you especially. Uh, that's not to say that if we don't feel a fuzzy feeling that we just ignore the, the, the Bible, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that God will help you. Um, and, and the response in, in that is to um, to ask God for his help. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, to say to God, I feel you're saying this to me from what I've read, or I feel you're saying this to me from the preached word. Please help me to, what, tell me more, help me to understand it better, and yeah. please help me to obey. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it begins. It doesn't begin in just, I see it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. You could mm-hmm. get yourself into some trouble, but actually asking God for his help, because he's the one ultimately that will empower you and to do his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last week, I think it was last week or the week before, we looked at that if anybody lacks wisdom, yeah. let him ask. And it actually it goes on to say that that prayer will be answered. It's yeah. like 100%. It will be given to you. That we can ask God for wisdom in any given situation to know what the path of obedience might be. Mm-hmm. I think there's also, we, have, we don't do this alone. We are in community. And yeah. and I know, again, from personal experience, sometimes I've I felt oh, doing this would be obedient to what I believe God's saying to, to me. And then I've spoken to a church leader or an elder or a pastor and they've been like, I don't think this is... It sounds like a good thing, but it might not be for now. It could be for something later on. So, so very much outworking your obedience within 
Christian community. Yeah. Uh, but I think the key thing to remember is we're talking about scripture. We aren't talking about feelings and no. prophetic no, no, utterances. No, 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 no. We tend to talk about obedience as a negative thing okay. and that there are negative things that I'm required to do. Now, last week at the gathering, Mike Pilavachi ended with that picture of le- a person leaning on the beloved. Okay. So uh, I've been thinking this week about, you know, in terms of hearing and doing, how am I leaning on the beloved? Now, mm. that kind of obedience feels different, mm. doesn't it? But obedience has a, this is a broad span of things. Yeah. It's not just, don't do that, don't do that, mm. don't do that. No, it's, why don't you live this mm. way? Okay. Because this is the way that you'll flourish. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's all of that in there too. True. But I think... You know, the, 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 the church, we're talking about application. We're talking about putting the Bible's yeah. words yeah. into practice. Yeah. There's plenty of uh, examples in history where Christians and churches have used the words of the Bible to treat people badly, though. You know, they've they've said, you know, whether that's women, whether that's minorities, whether that's, you know, slavery, justifying slavery. Um, Demanding money. Yeah. Yeah. Co- coercing people to be submissive to authority in just a just unhealthy and horrible way. Um, so how do we and you can even say, well, they, you know, they just interpret it wrongly. But then but how do we know? How do we know now that we are interpreting right. it correctly? Like should we it feel when you think about it in that context, it feels like a little bit dangerous. And I'm asking this question because I know we live in a culture that does, that, that even the idea of obeying a book, a, 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 you know, a document that was written thousands of years in a very different culture, a different time. Like, and you guys are saying, I'm sort of going on that side a little bit for the sake of the argument, but you're obedient to this. Like, how do you know that your interpretation is is going to lead to that peace, is going to lead to that blessing, as opposed to actually hurting people, not being good, you know, some of those negative things? Because, like, you know, some of those Christians that have done that in the past have been very bad motives some of some of the stuff that's happened in a, in a sense you could argue from a good they're well-meaning Christians that interpreted it badly does that not trouble you how do we know that we can be confident to apply the Bible now without making mistakes and without doing harm to people so uh, I think it's a good question and I think that um, <laughs> when we talk about reading the Bible and obeying it. What we're talking about is reading the Bible and obeying it. Um, we, we, we can't um, discount the, the person of the Holy Spirit in that because it's the Holy Spirit that wrote the Bible. Mm. And so um, uh, Jesus speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit, saying that he, the Holy Spirit, will lead us into all truth. Yeah. And, um, and so ultimately when you're reading the Bible, you're trusting that the Holy Spirit is at work and leading you to truth and not lies or not distortion because there's another person that seeks to do that. And I think the reality is there's no, um, there is no kind of cookie cutter kind of answer. Um, people can fall into real error and cause significant harm. Um, but the reality is what I think Jesus would say is ultimately you're not being led into truth. You're not being led by the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is mysterious and you can't just say, you know, here he is, there he is, or, you know, um, it, it, it can be very difficult. And so I think 
I think understanding the role of the work of the Holy Spirit as you're reading the Bible is key in allowing him to, to speak to you through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But I think there are other practical uh, things to say um, without getting too technical. Um, what you're discussing is a really a hermeneutic, a way of interpreting the mm-hmm. Bible. And um, I thought a lot about this um, because I, I actually come from growing up in a different tradition to kind of the New Frontiers tradition. Yeah. I grew up in a Church of England type tradition, and my uh, but my family was from actually quite a prosperity in many respects uh, tradition. Um, and so I've, the question of how who is right is it the, is it the yeah. Church of England guys? Is it the prosperity guys? Is it the, the New Frontiers guys? Um, and I've come to the conclusion that, uh, and, to, and to the last thing I say is that um, a hermeneutic, a, a lens, a way of reviewing the Bible, the way, the way, the best way to view the Bible is through the lens of Jesus and through the lens of grace. And I found that once you approach the Bible thinking that Jesus is at the center here and he is gracious, he's speaking grace to me through these words, um, I don't think you can really, really go far wrong. I think people sometimes have a pick and mix attitude to the word of God and they well, pick okay. out certain scriptures um, perhaps taking them out of context or only focusing on one passage. And okay. what Toby was talking about, the hermeneutic principle is that we, we compare scripture with scripture and um, that gives us context and help. Okay. Is there an example you can give on that? Um, well, how, how about, how about um, scripture says an eye for an eye and a two for two? Okay. Um, do we do that? Would you act out on that? Well, some people might say, well, it's in the Bible, so I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, we know in the New Testament that um, that it's, it's Jesus who judges us and he tells us not to judge. Yeah. And that um, vengeance is not ours, it's God's. So you've got a balance. You've got a balance of the love of God mm-hmm. and the judgment mm-hmm. of God, but you've also got this punishment in the Old Testament that yeah. we know also through learning that some of these Old Testament mm-hmm. laws have been superseded because we're now in a, a different mm-hmm. era. But the other thing I'd say is that we must approach the Bible as, a, as what it is, which is a book about God and his story. Okay. I think if we get it wrong and um, we 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 come of coming into it as a what to do when book, yeah. um, we've got the wrong we've got yeah. it all round the wrong way. Yeah. It's not about me. Yeah. It's about God. I will need to respond to what He says to me, but it, it's it, you know I think it's more. Nuance, yeah. Jesus acknowledged that we would get scripture wrong. Um, he said to the Pharisees, this is what you've been doing, but this is what it actually me- yeah. meant. And the religious teachers of the of the times had got it badly wrong. And I guess, yeah, and so, uh, I think... I mean, right there, he says, the, the scriptures yeah. that you look for, they, they testify about me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so in terms of what's the lens, what lens should I look through this? That's your justification right there, Jesus saying, way you need to read it hmm. understanding it's about me brilliant um i think plurality i think is massive um even it's the stuff that we teach at Emmanuel. you're all part of a preaching and research team and so things that we're teaching are put through the lens of multiple people uh and so it's not just one person's view on thing that's going to be spoken about or there's lots of conversation there's discussion i guess even uh 
you know, one of the things you say is if you have a question and you're not sure about something, you know, why do you do this? Or why why do we like you know, for instance, the New Testament says if your if your if your eye is causing you to sin, gouge it out and cut off your arm. Well, why don't we follow that? And that's what Jesus said in the New Testament. And then if we go and we, there's like other you know the head coverings verses and why is Johan wearing a hat when he shouldn't be wearing a hat and I'm balding and yep, we move on. Mm-hmm. But I think the um I think the, the, the beautiful thing is that if you do have questions, like ask the questions, yeah. uh, chuck them in, in the YouTube chat or chuck them on the, on live lunch or matt.carvel at viamanual.com. And I think we, we, I feel confident that we're in a church where um, questions are entertained and, and discussed and looked at and not just dismissing, oh, no, it's because we've done this for 40 years, so we're, we're not budging yeah. uh, or because this is what we believe. But I think we, we look at, and, and I think maybe is there something that you could share on, on that process of you know how do you there's some very hard verses in in the bible yeah. what's your process is there a process that you would follow as an eldership team when you look at certain verses and certain practices in the church saying are we being obedient to scripture or not? yeah i think i probably in terms of my my, my journey through this church i mean i came to the church as a student and at probably quite a formative time in my life when i was wrestling with sort of big questions similar to Toby I was part of a different church sort of denomination growing up and you come to a different church and that provokes questions uh, like why do you do this why do you teach this sort of thing um, and probably slightly brashly and not as humbly as I should have done barged into like why are you, why are you teaching that and, and ask like anytime any someone after I preach or whatever has come up to me and even you can see they're a bit annoyed or a bit of like frustrated or something. I love the fact that they're asking the question. I'd rather they ask the question to me than go home annoyed. <laughs> um, I mean, not, not saying that my conversation with them will necessarily make them less annoyed, but I want to. I want an opportunity to serve them to to explain more. Okay, this is what I was thinking about. You know, this is the context. This is why I've said what I've said. This is more. Um, this verse helped me, and this this you know that's give them more of the context that may help serve. Now, maybe it would just be a topic that we might just disagree on in terms of how to teach it and how to preach it and and different churches are different they just have they apply things in different ways and interpret things in slightly different ways and so you're gonna encounter that in you know the christian church um but you're right ask asking that question and i think what what as as a pastor is the most frustrating thing is when people well like even even leave the church or be, and have come with things that we feel that the elders or whoever have not applied correctly or not done or n- preached wrongly or that sort of thing it's like but then the decision's already made that you, you, there was a perception of what we thought there's not it might not even actually match up to what we actually think but the conversation hasn't happened and yeah I'd much rather people so I learned from disagreeing with lots of people <laughs> like over, over the years and, and because when you and don't I encourage people not to be afraid of that um, can I quick quick resource question sorry sorry but did you want to uh, yeah no go go for the resource sorry Christine go for the let's let's land it somehow. Okay. is um if people want to really get into studying the Bible and yeah. they're feeling like, oh, man, there's some stuff in, this, in in these verses, maybe you're a new Christian, maybe you're looking in and you don't get, what would be some good resources that you'd recommend to people? Um, how many got? <laughs> um, if, if I were to recommend one, 
um, that was um, really accessible, particularly for uh, this generation, our generation, I would wholeheartedly recommend Alistair Roberts' YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Alistair Roberts, he goes through the Bible chapter by chapter. He's been doing it for two years. He's gone through the whole Bible now. And he, and he has just rich theological insight. It is, it is, for me, the best thing on the internet. Right. Best thing on the internet. Those cat videos, that is just <laughs> Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is second place, wow. He wrote a book with Andrew Wilson, who many of us in our kind of tradition, the stream would know. Um, very, very good. Brilliant. Christine? Um, yes, well, I would recommend Joan Wilkins' study mm. on the book of Yeah, that's what you're going through now, isn't it? Stephen put into the weekly email, the bulletin email. Yeah, if you're in the Clarendon Centre. It's a Bible study where you actually go through mm. the text yourself and then there's a talk to listen to afterwards, mm. but it makes you do the thinking first. You're going to try to think it through first to see what it means and then have some teaching on that. So I really recommend that. Can I just harken back to something briefly that we, that we said earlier? Just to, you know, We've got 30 seconds. Um, it, I think we, we obviously wouldn't want anyone to think, wow, the Bible is so complex and people interpret it so many different ways, mm. that that can lead to a paralysis and, and negate the whole yeah. purpose of the, the message of, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Um, actually, I think it's important to say, and we would all agree, that there's so much in the Bible that is plain mm. and clear and simple. And I think so much, I think a lot of people that we would say I have got things um, like categorically wrong um, are having to do some real jujitsu yeah. uh, with the pages of the Bible to, to get there mm, yeah. and so I think that there is there's this kind of uh, there's uh, there's room for um, kind of disagreement where I can see why you do it this way we wouldn't do it so much that way yeah. I can understand and that's that's a different thing to kind of that is like completely against the teaching of the Bible and to yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. you had to do a lot. So to encourage people, I think when yeah. you're opening your Bible tomorrow morning, this evening or whenever, that actually there is so much simple stuff, that simple commands and simple mm. truths that you can take yeah. that is more than enough for you to live a hundred years of this life mm. and yes. really follow through and do. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I agree with that. Yeah, I thought what you're going to say with the resources was it's just the Bible and a good study Bible, ESV, ESV study, study, Bible. study Bible, and every study Bible, or NLT study Bible. I think just for people get before the text themselves is, you know, yeah. so important as well. Should we finish there? Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. What do we have coming up next week? Next week, Carl's your preaching. Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, so it's it's more more of me. We are in the second uh, second chapter. So show no partiality is the sort of key verse from that one. How we treat people. Great. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you again, Toby and Christine, yeah. for joining us. And look forward to having you back. See you later, everybody. See ya. Bye bye. Bye bye.